Well, the sun is shining here in Liverpool today, but anyone of a red persuasion, it could be uh, raining cats and dogs, really, and they wouldn't care because uh, a fantastic derby win for the Reds last night. Uh, I'm Andy Kelly. Uh, I'm joined by uh, Ian Doyle and by Christian Walsh to um, look back on what was uh, a fantastic first derby experience for Jurgen Klopp. Um, Doyle, everyone is talking about it, but... um, can you remember a more one-sided derby once we got beyond what was a usual sort of competitive opening first, what, 15 minutes, do you reckon? Uh, in a word, no. I thought, as well as Liverpool played, and they did play pretty well without being absolutely brilliant, Everton were absolutely awful. Everton, that's the worst. I mean, I've been going to these games since 1983, which, considering only 21, is quite good going. But Looking good on yeah, it. Yeah, thanks. Um, but Everton were just... I mean, they've got, I mean, obviously also cover Everton and they have so many problems at the moment, mainly with confidence, players being not fully fit, players being injured, you know, question marks over the over, over the manager, Roberto Martinez, but for them not to, it just basically seems, it looks as though they gave up at 2-0. The minute that the red card comes out, then Sturridge scores straight after 3-0, they were like, nah, don't fancy this now, which even if they were never going to win the game, but the thing is, Liverpool made them that way in the second half. I mean, I watched the game again today on the highlights and I think maybe because a lot of the newspapers are getting carried away with the Roberto Martinez story, the fact he's under pressure, I think Liverpool aren't quite getting the maybe the credit that they deserve for the performance because they were up in the faces. And I mean, Jamie Carragher said after the game that he's never seen a game where Liverpool have been able to pass the ball so easily. But they did have all that time, but they actually made it count. 4-0. I mean, what more could they have done? Well, Christian, I would, I mean, to play devil's advocate, they could have scored another four and another four after that because I think, what was it? I mean, everyone saw the stats that threw up on Sky on the telly after the game. I think it was 37 shots for Liverpool, uh, three for Everton and not a single um, shot on target for Everton. I mean, Neil Jones, who was doing LFC player ratings for us, um, didn't give Simon Mignolet a rating because he said he might as well have sat in the stand for the second half and and to be fair, you might as well have. There wasn't anything for him to do. And you can put it down to what Doyle says, obviously the man being sent off. But we've seen, even this season, Liverpool have men sent off. We've seen Liverpool in previous derbies have men sent off and still go on and, and win the game. Albeit that Everton had a man sent off at two down, which is a disheartening place to be, I suppose. It is. I do think that the way Jürgen Klopp's got Liverpool playing at the moment, they are very much a side that can squeeze any sort of hope out of you. In terms of, you look at Dortmund last week, and the second Liverpool go to 2-3, straight away they realise, because of the man in the dugout, that this game wasn't over. Likewise, when Liverpool go 2-0 up and then Everton lose a man, that's when all hope is abandoned, to be honest, because... Klopp is not the source of yeah yes Liverpool have given away leads under Klopp but certainly you know he especially in the last couple of weeks he's been very meticulous and very careful about about how his team defend leads um, the the closing down spaces a lot better and it's hard enough with eleven men so you can forget about forget about ten I mean Liverpool after the shaky first ten minutes were, were pretty much dominant in the first half Lallana could have scored a couple himself um, there were another couple of chances a couple of little openings and I think. The two goals just before half time absolutely kill Everton off in terms of any, any hope. They've already they're already up, under pressure, up against it. The fans are uh, the disharmony in the crowd. 
to then go in 2-0 down is, is is a body blow. I think that is reflected by Maurice, Funes Maurice sending off. I think there was a bit of you know annoyance in there, a, bit, a little bit of frustration. And after that, I don't think any any team would would back themselves. We, you know, you, you see improbable comebacks against ten men. Liverpool did it themselves against Palace, albeit it wouldn't have been as amazing if Everton would have come back last night. But ultimately, this this Klopp side now is getting the reputation of they don't give any any half inches. You you have to play well and be on top of your game for ninety minutes to to get anything out of them. Uh, and so when it went to two nil. It's it's and, and when it went to ten men, it's no surprise that Everton all but give up. I wasn't surprised to see Ross Barkley come off because Martinez knew the game was up. When Stones went off, I assumed it was a similar sort of thing. It turns out he was actually had stomach cramps, but he would have been forgiven if he'd taken Lukaku off as well because the game was over. And uh, that's a real important strength for Liverpool to have. I think uh, I know, as I say, Klopp has given away leads in the past, but just the momentum they've got at the moment and and the way they come back themselves. It just feels that this is a team. If they if they get into the rhythm, then they're almost a juggernaut that cannot be stopped. Well, let, let's look at that team, Doyle, in more detail, and some of the players who perhaps, um, you know, stood out last night. Start with those two crucial goals because we did have a contest, you know, for a good probably the first half of the first half, didn't we? And mm. and it all changes with the goals. And uh, James Milner. Um, you know, responsible two left foot crosses, very different type of crosses, but um, both you know, spot on in terms of 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 where they landed. Uh, prodigious leap by Origi for the first, and then obviously Sacco giving it the full Kevin Keegan swingy head job uh, for the second. Um, is 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 stats and assist totals are just going through the roof at the minute? Milner, don't I think he's three clear of anyone else in. 2016, 14 assists or something uh, for the season now. Um, you know, this is from a player who not that long ago we probably would have said has been a, had a bit of an an underwhelming season. I would have anyway. He hasn't been a player that's you know. I'm sure if we go back through his ratings over the, the matches, he hasn't jumped out at us really. I think he's ne- he's never ever been that type of player who will jump out. But he's what the players would the players love a player like that. He's the kind of player who you, your teammates absolutely love not least the strikers or, or the people getting on the end of all these crosses. Because, I mean, there was a game, I think it was against um, maybe in Stoke in the league, in the Capital One Cup semi-final earlier this year where I think he ended up fitting in it right back in extra time. And there's one bit where he just raced all the way down the wing, put a cross in, then had to get all the way back into the right-back position to stop a cross from coming in. And then, like, get all the way down the right wing again. And you could just tell that there wasn't really, there's not another Liverpool player who do that. He just gets on with it. And he, and he was playing, I mean, he started the game at centre midfield yesterday. His first goal creation came from the right wing. His second goal came from the left wing. You mentioned him playing right full-back in, mm. in, in, in that game. I mean, I think we should remember at Old Trafford, I think it was, he played left-back for, for a good bit of the game in the Europa tie, didn't he? So, I mean, he is the absolute epitome of a, of a squad player who can be fitted in. But the one place... I actually think that he, he he's he's worst is in that centre midfield role, where you know he's meant to start the game because at times he obviously we know he runs a lot but he's he's not quick and the game can can pass him by. I, th- you know. I think the fact that he runs a lot and he's quite keen to get involved in centre midfield, you need to be a little bit more disciplined, especially if there's only two of you in there. And I think maybe he's a bit guilty of going for a bit of a wander to try and get involved and help the team, but. 
if he's going to go off and create two goals, you don't mind him leaving a couple of tackles to Lucas or whoever it is that's in behind him. But I mean, I think against against better teams, that might be something that Klopp will have to will have to look at. Certainly, the, the games that are coming up, because there's not many more options with Chan and Henderson both out. I mean, Joe Allen's the obvious one to come back in. Christian, I was frankly astonished not to see him in the starting lineup last night because I assumed he'd play him. Derby and he'd play him against Villarreal and perhaps the Newcastle game is the one given that Joe Allen's probably your most mobile centre midfielder that's left that, that that's the game he'd rest him but you know obviously the manager's got different ideas I was amazed to be honest and you know um, I've got no problem holding my hand up and when the scenes were out I thought that the central midfield was a mistake for Liverpool you look at the Everton uh, front four you've got Morales, Barkley and Lennon just behind uh, Lukaku those are the sorts of players. If, if if you get behind, if you get behind the midfield, the midfield aren't getting back, especially some uh, two two players like Lucas and, and Milner. Um, you know, the, the, both are very good players. Both are good at what they do in in their respective roles. But one thing they haven't got is that is that turn of pace on the back foot, um, which Joe Hallen has, which which Emery Chan has, which Jordan Henderson has. So I must admit, I thought, it, I thought it was a mistake. It worked out well in the end, although at the very you know, start... I still think you can have a 4-0 dominant victory and, and still have a line-up that wasn't perfect. I mean, well, we had an unbelievable night against Dortmund and the, and the middle the, two were wrong, weren't Mar- we? Morales had the plenty of joy. And, uh, you know, there's that moment where he skins Lovren and that, that's all because the, the midfield just hadn't gone. Well, Ross Barkley as well in the first 10 minutes had quite a lot of the ball in front of the, behind the midfield and in front of the defence. There was a couple of times when he cut in Barkley and you thought if he pulls the trigger... Well, and, that's always... And, it. I mean, without wish to dwell on Everton too much, that's been his problem for the past three months. He, he gets in these great positions and can't make the right decision. But that's obviously something... In fact... Spoke to Jan Mulby doing his column just a bit early, and he mentioned Ross Barkley, and said that the difference there is that he's a player who doesn't really know what he's going to do next because he's not quite sure. But you look at the way Liverpool play, and when they all go forward, it's almost like they know where everybody else is going to be, and they know what options they've got, and so they don't have to think too much about what they want to do. They just go right, I can either put it here, here, or here, and then they just pick one. It's intuitive that, and, and me and Andy have both read the uh, the Klopp biography, which which I'd recommend, and actually that was a, a hallmark of his Dortmund side where. Uh, a player would have the ball in the box and he wouldn't even have to look backwards because he knew someone like Mario Goethe or Lewandowski would be making the run behind instinctively. There was a lovely dummy on the edge of the Everton box by Milner um, first half last night where he just let the ball run because he instantly knew that the, the person behind him would would be in that position. Well, if you go um, back and have a look at quite a few Liverpool's goals recently, there's a little bit of it it's like that. Even the second goal, you could argue that Lana knows that Milner's going to make the run, so he plays the one-two. Or the goal against Dortmund, where Milner puts the path, uh, the ball into the path of Coutinho to it. He just kind of did it without almost even thinking. He just puts he, it. He there did it as he goes, fell over, well, exactly, going yeah, in the opposite he direction, he, didn't he? No, almost. That was a bit like you know Coutinho's goal against Everton last night was a little bit similar. I want to speak a wee bit about the front two. Um, you obviously didn't play as a front two, but the, the two who played up front start with Origi, obviously. Yeah. Klopp described it as the shadow of the game, and it's not often you'll have a Liverpool manager with a, you know, his first derby, winning four 0 and still being a wee bit down after the game, which he was, and that's obviously for the tests ahead and the fear that you'll have to do it without uh, Divock Origi, who's really come of age uh, in the past month. I mean, I did a talking point last night, and looking back, it's only if you look back to the, those Europa League clashes with United, he wasn't, he didn't even start, you know, at that stage. He was still the sub-striker, do you know what I mean? And that's only March, and we've come a month on, and now nobody's blinking an eyelid when he starts him in front of what's probably England's best, certainly England's f- 
first or second choice striker, probably. You know, certainly in the top three, the Vardy and Kane, isn't it? So, I mean, he's come on brilliantly. Fantastic leap for the goal, and then obviously gets Funes Morid. Um, if if I can use him as a verb, uh, we've had an apology today from Funes Morid. Though he didn't look very sorry as he thumped his chest and grabbed his shirt as he went off. I'd imagine that apology is more towards the Everton fans for getting sent off ahead of a semi-final, and he can't apologise to them without apologising to the player. It just it, it, we were talking about this earlier that. I think you that mentioned it, that we've got to a, a stage now where someone gets sent off in a derby and they have to offer a public apology. I mean, they were just knocking four kinds out of each other a couple of years ago and no one said anything. Yeah, though I think, I mean, there was a certain, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're right. Uh, there was a certain maliciousness to it and I think we should actually pay some credit, I think, to the officials for spotting it because mm. I have to say... Yeah, we didn't see it. We didn't see it. I was, when the red came I out... I thought it was two yellows. Yeah, yeah. kicking the ball away. Most, yeah. of the, most of the ground hadn't seen it and obviously... Bobby Madley and his linesman, who was the one who told him uh, that it was a, a, you could even see him mouthing the words, a horrible one. Um, you know, we give, lots of people give referees stick, just think we should record, that was a bloody good decision by them and, 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 and well done. But um, if we, he's got been for a scan today, Origi, um, we're likely to get a diagnosis from Jurgen Klopp at his press conference tomorrow. Um, but it's probably not looking great, Christian, you would think, for the rest of the season. I, I don't think it is. I, f- I think his reaction as well told the story. that, that His head wasn't in his hands because of pain. It was in there because I think that was a, a player who knew his, his season is hanging by a thread now. Um, you know, it's it's huge for him. This time last year, it was written all in, in the um, in the build-up to the uh, game over the weekend or, or possibly even the Dortmund game, but... Um, how you know Origi was the worst player in France. He got most in that the, worst team worst, by, worst team by Le Keeper. And, you know, fast forward a year on, he's spearheading the challenge for the Liverpool. A top, you know, did I say a top four push again? And the Europa League semi-finals. He for me he would have been nailed on to start in, in the in both Villarreal ties. He started them against uh, Dortmund. And I see no reason why he wouldn't do it against uh, against Villarreal. So for him, it's it's a real blow because it really felt like he was finding his feet here. He's become a, a, a crowd hero. He's getting his name chanted more than Sturridge ever has. I mean, it's important to say this isn't they, you know they're not in combat with each other. Sturridge and Origi, I mean, they can play together. They did a devastating effect against um, so against Southampton to start with, uh, and also Southampton the second time round. The defense obviously let them down on that day, and Martin Skettle in particular, but. It, it, you know the, the comparisons will be inevitable because we think that Klopp prefers one up front, and it looks like at the moment the way they're playing he prefers Rigi. So it's hard for him. It's hard for Liverpool. It's it doesn't look like it's good news. I mean, I hope I'm wrong there, but I, I just think it's going to be a case of you know Rigi maybe miss the rest of the season, maybe maybe a bit of a chance, possibly be fit. But you know how's you look, Liverpool? You've just you've potentially just lost every chance and. And Divock Origi for the for the biggest stretch of your of your season. So, you know, do those injuries are possibly coming back to haunt Jürgen just after he thought he got rid of them. Does feel like he's running out of not just bodies but important bodies, thoroughly in terms of Hendo, Chan. Now the guy he thinks. I mean, there's a reason he's picking Origi instead of Sturridge, and it's pretty obvious to you don't have to be a genius to work out. It's about you know the tone he sets at the top of the pitch in terms of, um, you know, pressing and work. 
and work right across the line and, and, and being able to sort of stretch the pitch a bit as well with his pace behind. But um, the good news, obviously, is the fact that he does have Daniel Sturridge, the orange that he doesn't want to squeeze too much. Um, I have to put him in the juicer now. He's, he's, he's only got a month left. Sure, he can get it. Yeah. He brought up his 50th goal last night, um, fourth quickest post-war uh, for, for Liverpool. And, and you know, he, he's a, we all know he's, he's a class player, Sturridge. He's there and fit um, to play. He's a different type of player. Um, but you'd hope that hopefully Klopp can find a way that, that of, of piecing together a Liverpool team that can still be ultra-competitive in those semi-finals. Well, I, I think they've got enough players. I don't think the problem is having enough players for these semi-finals. It's whether or not he feels as though he can rotate them all for the league games, to be honest. I mean, it's only two games, the semi-final, and then the final comes after the end of the season, and then you know, I think they'll all be up for one final game. I think you know, you've got to bear in mind that you know, when was the last time Daniel Sturridge was injured? It's been quite quite a few couple of months now since they've managed him well. I mean, touch exactly, yeah. it's, it's, it's always too early to say with Sturridge, isn't it? Because he's he's blown blown man, no, no. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, buddy. Ian Doyle, yeah, yeah. everyone, on. <laughs> he's available on Twitter. <laughs> the, um, but, but the but the point being is that now Sturridge has got is going to be a fit. B he'll have a point to prove. C he knows he's going to be playing in these two semi-finals, provided he doesn't fall over in the next couple next week or so. That. It's all there for him now. This is why he came to a, he's, to a club like Liverpool. He's got, he's got to be exactly. He's got he's, a 2016 place. Yeah, and, and that as well. Yeah. So he's got quite a bit. There's no doubt. So we go on Roy Hodgson on taking him to Euro 2016. Uh, oh, I, I, I won't be so I sure. I won't be so sure. Hodgson is very much a flavour of the month candidate. Well, I mean, Hodgson's an idiot, but I mean, I like, that far. Well, okay. Be well, but you, you cannot. He's three strikes. He's got to take. You, you know, he's got to have Vardy, Kane, and Sturridge. But then this is the thing. Do you need Welbeck? Rashford. This is the thing, though, is that Liverpool. There is a large section of Liverpool fans would rather he just didn't go, simply because he won't get injured and then he'll be okay for next season. Which is probably why a large section of Liverpool fans were quite happy to see not Chan injured and re injured. But if they're not going to come back, then please don't, don't come, come back, back for the European Championships. Yeah, yeah, save yourself for the American want. tour. I mean, the problem with Sturridge as well. It's not a problem necessarily, but for me, Sturridge and Firmino is still very much a, a partnership in. Um, in progress, I suppose you could say. It looked all right against Bournemouth. It wasn't too bad. Both of them scored, of course. Um, but it's, if Sturridge is leading the line, I'm not sure you can have Firmino as the number 10. And that creates a couple of other problems. Of Sturridge has to start now. Unless you're throwing in Benteke, which isn't going to happen. He was obviously... Well, he is, but he'll be back soon. He, he's, he's due to come back soon, so don't forget him as an option off the bench necessarily. Well, they could play Firmino up front as well. He could but play he Firmino up front, but, while, but I mean, if you're leaving out Sturridge there, it's, it's, be a, hell, it's a, a hell of a call. Hell of a yeah. Stevens, isn't it? So let's say Sturridge will start. Let's let's talk about the big games for now, the two Villarreal games. Sturridge will start, but can Firmino play with him? So is Firmino then sacrificed? And the question whether he plays with sort of three midfield and two behind the front, or is what's been his preferred option, which is the sort of two, two and a three, this whole yeah. double pivot thing, and, and and three in behind, and um, <laughs> Brendan Rodgers on us there. Oh uh, well, <laughs> the two know, and the one. Um, for you know, for me, I think just those first twenty minutes last night and the Dortmund game showed to me that if you can't play, we don't have the players currently fit to be able to play. For me, that that against the top top side, that that. The, the two necessarily works, and I think you need probably to, a, a three potentially with 
Joe Allen one side, Milner in the other, Lucas Completely in the middle, and then just having two in behind. And I think Klopp's, you know, is more positive than that, and he just goes, well, now we'll play, you know, we'll let, we'll we'll make the game open because we, you know, we think, you know, our players are, are will score more goals than you if it's open. So, uh, and you know, it depends how positive he's feeling, but I think the, you know, the the, the sort of the option with the most you know, the most stability about it would be to play the three and then, the, you know, with the two behind Which Sturridge. Which means leaving one of Coutinho, Lallana and Firmino out for me yeah. because obviously Sturridge has got to start. So there's there's a whole new dilemma. Those three can play behind Origi because Origi will drop back. He will press along with them. He will fill the gaps that they might might leave. But when Sturridge is there, he's not as adept at doing that as Origi. So it just it just won't work. Yeah. It's too much of a 4 2 four then, basically. Yeah. So then you're left with the situation of... He's unlikely to drop Lalana because of you know he he said it again last night you know what about Lalana setting the tone for the pressing, uh, but we also then saw Lalana with the ch- you know with chances to score and yeah. not quite doing it. Whereas we know Firmino's up to whatever it is ten this yeah. season I think and and is more of a strike threat. But there's an easy way of you know two of them playing for an hour and one you know coming on. Yeah. And, well, and obviously if, if Neil Jones is in charge, we just drop Minule and play them all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we could. Uh, Yes, uh, a tactic against them <laughs> yeah. next year. Should, should, for anyone who hasn't read last night's ratings, should explain <laughs> that uh, uh, Neil Jones, who was on our ratings last night, gave uh, Mignolet a not applicable uh, score score line because so little did he have to do in the uh, in the Liverpool goal, which uh, has created um, quite a bit of uh, interest and indeed, uh, uh, I would say, positive. A vibe from Liverpool fans. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think he's got a death dress on his head. No, no, not yet. He's, he's, uh, he's not got. They haven't got all James Pearce on him. No. Um, so, but we've got we've got a, we have got. If you're going to have a Riggy injured, we have got an informed Daniel yeah. Sturridge who's ready to go and wants so to go. How many games have they got left? It's eight at the most, isn't it? Maximum of eight, maximum isn't eight, it? So you just get out there. Well, great I mean, motivation yeah, speaks there, there for me. Yeah. There we go, yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. It's, it's, Cassettes are yeah. available <laughs> for the, the Doyle motivations. It's um, it's not. It's 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 a nice problem to have, I suppose. It's it, and it shows you how far the how well stocked the squad is. I suppose it's it, it's interesting. Back in back in January, everyone was calling this one of the worst squads in Liverpool's history, and it was awful, and all the money's been wasted, and oh, they're all absolute crabs, and. You know, fast forward. <laughs> okay, that was fast your that was your talking point. Fast, yeah. no, fast forward, that was me after what? Fast forward uh, four months, and you know, you, you, you're lamenting the fact that Daniel, an informed Daniel Sturridge, is going to have to come in yeah. for Divock Origi. It's been a bit of a mad season, really, hasn't it? And I yeah. think that sort of sums it up. Well, I, I gave myself a slap on the head last night as I Again? did a bit of analysis and wrote a, wrote a piece, uh, well, part of a piece about how. Even Alberto Moreno was starting to change people's opinions about him, and you know I think he's had some re- you know pretty good solid games for Liverpool recently, and you know he sort of fought off that that fullback challenge that with uh, you know Flano coming back from injury, who could obviously play on the left, and uh, and Brad Smith obviously who's, who's who's had a few games. So um, I mean even you know he probably would have been at the top of most people's first eleven list of a player you'd want replaced. I'm sure there will be reinforcements at left back, but. Whether Moreno actually goes or not, you know, I would, you know, I'd question. I mean, I don't, I don't want to look too far ahead into the summer, but I don't understand this this concept of, of if we get in a left back, we'll, we'll, you know, they'll have to sell Moreno because why not keep him? Why, why, 
why not have him battle someone for the left back spot? Likewise, if Goethe was to come in, that doesn't necessarily signal the end of Lallana. There's no problem with having Lallana and Goethe battling it out. It, it's not a one in one out. Liverpool are trying to build a very good squad, let alone a good team. They still need to build a very good squad. They've got a good squad as it is, but Ian Klopp will want an optimum squad. And to do that, you replace some of the first team players and they become squad players, and then some of the squad players inevitably move on. You look at players, you know, like let's say Joe Allen. Joe Allen, for me, deserves a new contract. I don't think Liverpool should should sell him if he's happy being a fourth, fifth choice midfielder. But I could also understand why Liverpool would do that because they're going to bring someone in for the first team who will then compete with Henderson and Chan, and that will then knock Lucas down, and and then that will then shove Milner, um, not Milner, sorry, Allen down even more. So where does he get his game time? Same with Stewart. You know, there's going to be players who sort of drop off the edge of the the, the, the waste paper bin here, um, but that that is inevitable as, as as Liverpool or as Klopp aims to make Liverpool better. Yeah, you forgot about Jose Enrique, by the way, left back. Oh, shocking! Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, Dory, give us a bit of perspective because um, the we might be asking the wrong person. <laughs> but I mean, this was a derby that was what was about two hundred days after the last one, Christian. You were. Right 200 days had passed, 199 between them. I've 199, actually, I've it. 199 days between the last derby at Goodison and our after that, Brendan Rodgers was services were dispensed with. Um, and ruined our Sunday nights. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to get ready to go home then as well. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, I, and where we're at now, which um, for, for, for Liverpool, uh, undoubtedly, um, is certainly a team and a fan base that is far more united than it was back in those you know those dire last few weeks of 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 Brendan Rodgers' reign where you know supporters were arguing with each other as to you know whether he should stay or go um and th- there was a real disharmony around the club what 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 you have at the moment is whatever you whatever you think about Jurgen Klopp and it's difficult not to be you know totally impressed by him but he 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 has Got everybody singing from the same hymn sheet: players, fans, coaches, even the, the TV pundits, you know, and everyone else. Just you know, absolutely enjoying what he seems to be doing. I know that is from a perspective of you know seventh place in the league, mm. um, but it it feels. I don't know about you, but it feels better than seventh. Uh, it does, but it still is seventh. I think I think I mean we not just me I think we've all written this over the past eighteen months is that basically since they, Liverpool didn't win the league in twenty fourteen they just had a massive hangover from that and I'm not going to say the fans couldn't forgive Brendan Rodgers because that's not right but he was the lot the, as long as he was there he was always seen as that emblem of you keep reminding us of we didn't win the league that year and it wasn't really his fault because then and well. I think it's okay if next year he challenges again. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is that with this season, they look back and they'll go. Fans will go. Well, maybe we should have got rid of Brendan Rodgers in the summer, but then you maybe might not have got Jurgen Klopp because he said he wanted a bit of a sabbatical, so he wouldn't really been that interested. I don't think at that particular time. So maybe they had no choice. But I think Liverpool needed somebody, whether it was a big signing or in this case it was the actual a new manager, just to come in and basically shake everything about and say, "Come on, you know." Everybody kick at the backside. Stop feeling sorry for yourselves. And it, it it wasn't really instant either with with the uh, Jurgen Klopp because there was that initial kind of honeymoon period, 
when he drew a lot of games. But then after that, you know, as Christian said, there was games like Watford and Newcastle were. If that had happened the season before, we'd have all been, you know, complaining and saying this, that, and the other, and the manager this, that, and the other. But we, but we knew that's what the team was like, and but, also that the manager was learning about not well, just his it, own yeah. players, but also places that you go and what you can do in mm. certain places, what will might work. I mean, the one probably surprised was Newcastle because generally yeah. you can sort of go there and and something positive will happen. But it it you know. There are there are places you go to that you know you're going mm. to have to, you know you, you're going to have to bring a pretty decent game to come out of it with anything, and they don't have to be. I think what he's mostly learned about the Premier League is it doesn't have to be the the name teams that that you can go to grounds that just are difficult for certain clubs and I th- I Liverpool think, certainly. I think the one that. thing that Jurgen Klopp's done is not so much you know when he when he arrived the. Certain fans of certain ages, say the younger fans, were all very excited. But the the older ones were like, okay, we'll just see what happens here. The older ones, I'm talking about the ones who, when the, the Sunderland game, they're the ones that walked out. They're the ones that held up the little placard saying, I spend this, I'm not spending £77 a, a match for me season ticket or whatever. They're the ones that have been coming for years and years. And yet they're the ones who, against Dortmund and against Everton, they're the ones that were out their seats just as much as the ones who really watching at home or the young younger fans who were in the cop and they're the ones that they're the ones who are going to be the ones who are most difficult to impress and if once he's got them on side then the entire stadium's on side and then everybody's working towards the same goal and I think he's kind of got to that point inside what was it 199 days 200 days and I think even if Liverpool don't finish in the top six even if they don't win the Europa League I think the fans will already be looking forward to next season. I tell you what, Klopp's done. He's, he's, and this this sounds absolutely ridiculous. He's turned the paddock into a little hellhole for 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 for, for the opposition dugout because he's riling them up so much now. And you look you look at the Dortmund goal and you look at the, some of the goals after um, after the, in the derby, and the paddock are off the feet behind the dugout. And he's full of snarlers now, isn't it? Exactly. Do you only got four games left or something now, and then it's going. Just as they finally breathed a bit of life back into it. <laughs> Probably they've oh. just had the letter saying where their new seat is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you don't have to pay seventy-seven pounds for your ticket. We can oh, good, right. what we think it. of him, but but that's what he's done. He's, he's created this. You know, forget about the cop for a bit. Here. The you know the cop's been brilliant recently, but the 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 the, the area just behind him, they're, they're up on the feet now. Well, that's every, that's every what other, every other that, week. That we've agreed on the that's the the kind of people who've been a lot of them have been coming exactly. for years, and they're the ones who hang on. Sit on the hands, yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, so they, they're like, oh, hang on, yeah, he's, he's somebody who gets it. Any season when, and I know it's probably prompted a UEFA charge and everything else, but the you know, pyrotechnics in the main stand is just that's you know, that's yeah, that usually is a very strange, season. very very odd, very odd. Um, we should bring in banners next. Yeah, we better park. We'll park the derby for there for all that we could probably talk about. Just go. Watch it again. I I did laugh after I got home last night, and I plan on doing it again tonight. With the, with the crabbies, was it? Uh, a couple of crabbies, yeah. raspberry, yeah. Um, you know, other other uh, you know, refreshments are available. <laughs> I should point out, but happy to accept any uh, crabbies, raspberries, and uh, uh, not to send any. Please send them to yeah, this uh, this weekend. Uh, it's all about Rafa in it. Um, another sort of charismatic foreign boss who. Um, a different type of charisma, yeah. undoubtedly, but you, I don't think you can argue that he, that he has it. And another form of which that you know that, that that Liverpool fans took to their took to their hearts in the way that they are taking Jurgen Klopp. And um, I don't think there's any doubt, Doyle, that 
Rafa Benitez will get a you know, oh, fantastic they, welcome they, on Saturday. They will. It'll be the whole, they'll sing the Rafa Benitez song and then the minute that sec- the second that stops, they'll just sing a Jürgen Klopp song even louder because that's the way, that's what's happened in the past. They'll have got a proper Jürgen Klopp song. No, no, even he sat down when they started singing it last night. Well, you know, maybe we should use this podcast to try and come up with one. I well, think you no. should go first. Well, I, I, I played you about the one I liked for regularly most days. Yeah, you every did time actually. You yeah, in yeah, the yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, don't, um, we don't want that one. But uh, no, there's still. I don't think there is. A, there's still not a decent one out there. Is I don't there? think Austrian reggae is the way to his heart. Is it? I'm sure everyone thinks Opus are German, but they're not. They're Austrian. So. There we go. Christian Wolf's pop fans. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, if, if anyone's got a decent yeah. uh, James, James Pierce would get some singing. Scat for Girls songs in. He's a big Scat for Girls fan. Well, we, come on, we've got to finish because <laughs> Mr. Walsh has got little mix at the arena. Um, you All four of them at the same time. Um, but, pardon? Yeah, stop. Uh, <laughs> Newcastle, yeah, Rafa. Uh, I, I, I can't wait to see him. Um, I have to say, I can't wait to see him um, back at Anfield. And, It'll be uh, nice, won't it? Yeah. Than, he was there with Chelsea, wasn't he? And it was a little bit different. That was that was actually the uh, the Suarez bias game, was, yeah. which is largely forgotten. But um, oh, I, yeah, I forgot. I seem to remember the time. Yeah. Um, so a little mix going. So it is very uh, nice to see Rafa back for the Newcastle game. I do feel like Liverpool got a bit of a score to set with, for, with Newcastle the way they acted on the last day of the 2013-14 season. Uh, they were reveling in the fact that Manchester City won the league, which I personally never understood. Um, not that I'm saying that Liverpool should, you know, grind the faces into the Anfield turf, but it, you know, might add a little bit of an edge to them. Um, it'll be nice to see him back. They're playing well at the moment. Newcastle under under Rafa, they're starting to look a little bit like a Rafa team. Uh, but you know, just have to hope he doesn't enjoy his return too much. And even if he does, it's only a Maisie Railway, isn't it? So he's, he's not too <laughs> Yeah, he'll be on, on the world line. Yeah, he'll be on the world line. <laughs> yeah. If it's running without delays. I'm, I'm always scared of what these people go, oh, well, this team needs to win, so you know, they're far more likely to come and, and produce. There's a reason that teams are um, in relegation zones. It's not because they haven't been trying to win for most of the season. It's because they're fairly rubbish. Yeah. Um, Newcastle have, as Christian said, been playing slightly better because there is a... There has been a, a change there, you know, a, a manager who, who, who's able to organise, as we all know, and uh, and that type of thing. Um, you'd still hope that, you know, if they're going to survive, it's not going to be survival with three points they're, they're picking up at Anfield, is it? If, if Liverpool play half as well as they did against Everton, then they'll win, no matter how well Newcastle play. Changes, Christian, do you think, in terms of oh, I, 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 next game? I think you're looking at a Bournemouth team again. I don't think he'll go that far. Really, I, I do. I think I think you will see. Five days off. I don't. I, I think you might see Danny Ward give him an Anfield debut. I think you might see. Um, well, Mignolet mean, didn't have a game the other night. You know, that's true. Yeah, I'd like him to have some practice. <laughs> uh, I think you'll see Smith. I think you might see Flanagan instead of Randall. I think you might see not Martin Scale. Uh, please. <laughs> um, I suppose, it's not picking on him. Torre, Torre, Torre to come in, but. The problem is with the injuries now, he is sort of a little bit inhibited um, about what he can because, you know, uh, Lucas will be a will be a starter for me. The likes of Ayub and Ujo, we would You'd want imagine to see, I, Definitely, to... absolutely, definitely. Uh, someone like someone like Lucas, you would have said yes, but now he might be needing Villarreal because of the injury to Chan and Henderson. So it's, We've got it's Kevin little, Stewart for that role, haven't we? Stewart, Joe Allen. Joe Allen. You're right, it's the Bournemouth team. It is, yeah, it's the Bournemouth team. Well, that did all right. 
you know, for all the, you know, it wasn't a great game of football, but, you know, there was enough I think, I think positive side of that game. I think he also deserved a game at Anfield. You know, they, they, they did well. They, they were the much better side against Bournemouth and, you know, about a little shake, to, uh, shake, shaky period towards the end. I think that team, to be honest, deserve another chance uh, and this time at Anfield to show the home crowd what they could do. The only interesting one might be Sturridge. Do you play him? Um, well... Yeah, I think you do, don't you? Yeah, you know, I think he's you know keep him in a keep him in a decent you know rhythm, rhythm yeah. and and all that sort of thing. So um, yeah, you know we have there aren't a huge number of options up front, are there? Unless he went with the Jerome from, Sinclair out of nowhere, you know, it's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> no, but yeah, you, know, you could maybe see Firmino maybe as a yeah. as, as a false nine. If he doesn't play, it, yeah, if he doesn't play, I'll manipulate to get his game practicing. Yeah, but um, either way, it's it's uh, you know it's been. Thanks for dismissing that. <laughs> it's been a, somebody's got to keep reasonable order. Um, it's been a hell of a seven days for Liverpool fans. This time last week, Dortmund hadn't even happened, uh, and you know, huge positive week. Uh, the two hundred twenty sixth Merseyside derby tucked away uh, with a minimum of fuss and a and a maximum of uh, of points of, of points and and shots on target. And 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 bragging rights. <laughs> uh, so um, I thought we were going to get that through that entire thing without well, anybody saying bragging rights. Uh, well, sorry, it's uh, we're into minute thirty-seven. It's arrived, but we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Um, thanks for listening. A brilliant week for Liverpool. Um, let's hope the next couple are just as good. Thanks for listening. Cheers. <laughs>